you find it challenging to get organ meats into your healthy ketogenic lifestyle? Don't you wish you could get all the benefits of consuming these traditional superfoods chock full of nutrients without having to cook or eat them? Well, let me introduce you to the brand new grass-fed organ complex supplement from Paleo Valley, makers of the deliciously juicy grass-fed beef sticks. They use gently freeze-dried ingredients, including all grass-fed, grass-finished beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney to give you a flavorless, power-packed punch of nutrition you won't be able to replicate beyond eating all of these organ meats in your diet. Each bottle contains a 30-day supply of easy-to-swallow pills with the fillers or flow agents added. They're gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. Go to paleovalley.com LLVLC and use the coupon code LLVLC to get a generous 20% off your order. Try it today to get a 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee and see how you like the grass-fed organ complex for yourself. That's paleovalley.com slash LLVLC. Are you looking for high-quality supplements to complement your healthy, low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic lifestyle? Well, look no more as I've teamed up with ketogenic practitioner and my Keto Talk podcast co-host, Dr. Adam Nally, to create the Keto Living line of supplements. Go to ketoliving.com to see our first two items available for you, the Keto Essentials Multivitamin and the Berberine Plus Blood Sugar Control Formula. Dr. Nally himself hand-selected the key nutrients included in the Keto Essentials multivitamin, including vitamin D, methylated folate for those with the MTHFR gene mutation, vitamin B12, CoQ10, and so much more. And if you are concerned about elevated blood sugar and cholesterol levels, then check out our customized product called Berberine Plus, which combines the anti-inflammatory power of berberine with therapeutic levels of chromium and banaba leaf. And we're just getting started on the Keto Living brand of ketogenic-focused supplements in 2017, including the first-ever high-fat meal replacement powder to help you ditch those problematic protein powders coming soon. Go to ketoliving.com to get your hands on these exciting new supplements to enhance your ketogenic diet. Ketoliving.com They're back and better than ever at JimmyLovesFBomb.com. They are the F-Bomb company. Fat is smart fuel. They have made some incredible products for the ketogenic community, and they make keto easier. They have products that include coconut oil, macadamia nut oil, house blend, MCT oil, olive oil, avocado oil, macadamia nut butter with sea salt, macadamia nut butter without salt, coconut butter, macadamia nut butter blend. They also have salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. These are all available to you now at JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And if you head on over there now and you use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, they'll give you 10% off of your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. The information and opinions provided here are for educational purposes only and are not intended to provide individual medical advice. Material conversations and statements found herein are not intended as and does not substitute for a personalized doctor-patient relationship. (laughs) 
You are listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc, featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and Surprise Arizona family physician Dr. Adam Nally. They are here answering the most pressing questions about a low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diet. Visit our website, ketotalk.com. And now, it's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Here's Jimmy and Adam. Hey, hey, guys, we're back here with episode 61 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Visit our website. It's ketotalk.com. And right here is where we discuss all things ketogenic. And if you're not familiar with that word ketogenic, where you been? (laughs) It's been out there a little while now, but uh, even in recent years, it's come on a little stronger. It's a low carb, moderate protein, high fat diet that shifts your body from sugar burner to fat burner. And I love talking about this subject with my good buddy, my pal. He is Dr. Adam Nally. What's up, Adam? Hello, Jimmy, and hello, all you ketonians out there. It's wonderful to talk ketones with you and everyone that likes to hear about ketones. And talking about eggs last week, we had the chicken versus egg, a uh, chicken egg versus duck uh, egg protein question. So I thought, let's hit that right away so the ketonians stay happy. So what did you find out? Oh, you're going to keep me honest on this, aren't you? I am all day, every day, brother. I, I predicted that they were identical in protein uh, content, but what did you find? Actually, they're they're not. They're um, not. Duck okay. Egg, Jimmy Moore's the, wrong the, for the no, 12,000th uh, time today. <laughs> well, I learned this from the amazing Maria Emmerich is okay. where I learned this from. Um, but the, uh, the the total fat content of, an, of a chicken egg is um, seven grams and the protein is roughly seven. It's actually 6.28 depending on how heavy the egg is or how big the egg is. The duck egg is actually 10 grams of fat and almost nine grams of protein. So um, it's it's actually heavier on the fat side. It actually has more omega, it actually has almost triple the omega-3 fat that the chicken egg does in reverse yeah. the duck. And then choline is higher. And amazingly, it's got double the value of almost all of the the uh, vitamins like B12 and B6 and folic acid and all those things. So it's, it's quite the uh, powerhouse of, yes. of nutrients. So if you have a chance to do duck eggs, um, they're a little more gamey some people don't like them i actually really like them i'll I'll do three eggs and i'll do two chicken and one duck egg and uh feel that's it's fantastic and you you actually acquire a taste to them uh they're they're pretty good but they're and they're pretty packed full of fat so great source of fat so i misunderstood the question because i thought we were going to look at the kind of protein that was in the egg not necessarily the protein fat makeup so did oh, you find out that information? Protein. Oh, that you know oh, what? That's that next week. That's next week. That's next week. <laughs> See, that's I what I was predicting content. was that they had the exact same kind of protein because I know you're, you you said that your daughter uh, couldn't handle the chicken eggs unless they were scrambled uh, with the cream cheese and all that in it, but that she could handle the duck egg. So I wondered, or I guess you wondered, that there was a different kind of protein in the duck egg than the chicken. I sidetracked myself because I was so excited about the <laughs> increased level of omega three fatty acids that are in it. Um, I will have to I'll have to chase into that because that that was not readily available at the sites that I refu- referred yeah. to. Otherwise, I would pull that in, but I did not see it. Um, so, so this uh, egg discussion has become a wild goose chase. I wonder it will if become these a goose chase. Have- <laughs> it will become a goose chase. That it will. That it will. It's amazing how many people walk by my house and go, "You have gooses." You have gooses. I said, no, they're ducks. <laughs> they're ducks. <laughs> we don't have a goose. There's it's some a duck. funny looking. And gooses in your yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes, we know the term is geese. Thank you. So, uh, yes, we do. We do. We're, we're not. We're not off on that. Um, no, I will. I will chase that down because the actual type of protein in the egg is now eluding me, and yes. I, I will. 
Yeah, yeah that, that was what I was predicting was identical. But uh, yeah, I guess stay tuned next week, you guys. It gives you another reason to listen to Keto Talk as if you didn't have other reasons, but uh, that's a good reason. So the great egg debate continues on. So, <laughs> But it you does. and I were at, a, at an event this past week, and I thought we'd touch on it just real quickly in Orlando, Florida, uh, the Keto Academy put on by the Prove It people. Uh, what'd you think? You got to speak. I got to speak. It's a, it's a different vibe than really any other conference, I think, that's out there in the keto world. Oh, if you're a medical person and you show up to this conference, it'll blow your socks off. It's uh, it, it's 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 like combining a rock concert with a scientific. Um, <laughs> it really conference, is. And it's it's it'll blow your socks off. Yeah, it, it's most most medical pers- people that show up go. Oh, my. I don't oh my know goodness. What to do. Yeah. This what is, have this I is stepped my- into? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when you started your talk, uh, you said something about, ooh, I'm, I'm thirsty. I need to get a drink of water. So you started drinking some water and they made sound effects in the background. Did you notice that? <laughs> oh, yeah. They always do that. In fact, I had a, one, of, one of the slides one year I had was a Yoda slide and they actually played Yoda and, and we played Star Wars music. And so it's just, oh, it's it's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, they'll they'll uh, they it's quite a conference and it's designed that way because, you know, you're presenting really high level medical information from yes. from, you know, scientists and, and physicians to a to a lay level. And so what they're attempting to do is, is to bring that bring that knowledge to a to a level that the average person can understand. And so and they do a pretty good job that way. So I've been, I've been I really enjoy it. What was amazing to me is I go to a lot of ketogenic conferences and even a few of the paleo conferences. There were a lot of people there that had never heard of the Living La Vida Low Carb Show and and my work and and this show Keto Talk. You know, we we had a lot of new people. So if you're listening for the first time because you were at Keto Academy, welcome. Uh, thanks for listening, and I think you found a home that's going to give you lots of great information that continues the learning that you had there at Keto Academy in Orlando last week. But uh, just want to give a quick little plug to that event because it was really. Well done. And I told the organizer, Brian Underwood, I'm like, that is like the coolest, funnest uh, conference I think I've ever been to. I think all conferences, medical and all like, should be should be this it way. It really should be. There, it's interactive. It's fun, and it you sets actually sets the you bar actually, very high. <laughs> oh, it sets it very high. Yeah. Oh it's, my goodness! It's a, but they have a good team around them that could do that. The, the only thing I was kind of having fun with them. You weren't there for my talk, but uh, I, I said yeah. And so I, I was telling some of my story. I said yeah. I started this blog called Living La Vida Loca uh, Low Carb. I said yeah. I was a Ricky Martin fan back in the day, and, I, and then I was like, all right, guys, where's Living La Vida Loca? and they never did get it i guess they never pulled allowed to play it yeah i think there's some licensing issues with some of the music just a little bit but they did get the darth vader theme song in my talk so if you've heard my recent talk it has the dun 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 okay that's awesome well, let's move on, because on the way home from that there conference, I was on a Southwest Airlines flight. So you know how they always have the little magazine in the seat pocket. And so I pull out this uh, Southwest Airlines March 2017 magazine. And in there, they had a headline that I thought, let's talk about this. Two thirds of us are more likely to attend meetings when food is provided. If you feed them, they will come after polling 
1,025 office workers, corporate catering company Easy Cater discovered that you can help ensure colleagues head to the conference room for optional meetings if you simply put food on the table. That willingness to exchange thoughts for food, the study found, comes from both the desire to save money on meals and because noshing promotes a friendly conversational vibe. Respondents also said snacks can increase focus decrease stress these are all funny and boost energy that means there's only one thing left to decide is it donuts or bagels Ugh. i hope the meet i hope the meeting's not more than 10 minutes because after that everybody's asleep in the coma if you do yeah. donuts and bagels <laughs> i saw the same i say i saw the same one at, at on the plane and i thought this is an interesting article and it was, it was amazing well, I'm glad we, we were able to pull it out. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's amazing. These kind of memes get out there in our culture, though, Adam, where people say, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, uh, you know, we need food. It, it's as if you can't have a conversation unless you're putting something inside your mouth. And this whole nonsense of, well, it just sparks more thoughts. And uh, I, I just, you know, how about we put out there bacon <laughs> That's the kind you know, of food that I'm might spark that. some thought. I know, right? <laughs> for that. Heavy cream and bacon. You know, if, if you had that in a meeting, that'd be a great meeting. Or shots of exogenous ketones. That would work, too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, let's get into the show's content here today because we got lots of great questions uh, for uh, for the audience here today. And the, the first one we're going to address here is Haley in Australia. She says, Dear Jimmy and Adam, we actually found your Keto Talk podcast by accident as my partner and I were recommended to listen to another Keto podcast and found yours by mistake instead. I think that's hilarious. Welcome. That's welcome. actually funny. We're so glad that we did as we've listened to nearly every episode and love it. Keep up the awesome work. Listen to all the Keto podcasts. They're, they're really good ones out there. Two Keto Dudes, Keto Evangelists, the Keto Diet podcast by Leanne Vogel. There's a I'm sorry I insulted some people I left out there. All right, so here's the question. I have Hashimoto's, so I'm keen to see if keto can help with controlling my thyroid and hormones. I'm 32 years old, five foot seven, and weigh 168 pounds. I've lost 22 pounds on the HCG diet, but I need a more sustainable way of eating to keep the weight off. My question for you is about the insatiable hunger I felt during phase two of 8CG that has continued now with keto. I thought it would subside with all the fat I'm eating, but it has not. All I can think about is finding more food, especially meat and fat. Hey, at least they're choosing those. Uh, this food obsession is unrelenting and I'm at a loss about what to do. I'm continuing to gain weight and I'm frustrated by this. My supplement intake includes magnesium, selenium to help with estrogen, activated B-complex, uh, adrenone, an adrenal herbal supplement to assist with the adrenals, high dosage vitamin C for pH balance, probiotics, and a colloidal mineral complex. I also take desiccated thyroid uh, for, the, uh, for the thyroid issues and then naturally derived progesterone cream uh, for the menzies. I drink plenty of water, about three to four liters a day, eat plenty of salt, consume lots of raw organic grass-fed butter and organic coconut oil. I steer clear of dairy due to the rapid weight gain I get from 
uh, from it with the exception of butter. My urine ketones are on the low end, so I realize that's probably part of the reason for my struggle. I understand this insatiable hunger is somewhat hormone-related, somewhat, yeah. Uh, but I want, I'm wondering if you're able to explain further about what might be going on and what physiological processes are going on to cause this. Thanks so much for what you do. I'm in awe of your wealth of knowledge and appreciate what you are all doing for the Ketonians out there. Take care. Keto on Haley in Australia. So she gave a lot of details. I left a lot of it in there just for the context of what we're talking about here. But her question is this. Why do I have such an insatiable hunger on my ketogenic diet? And is it hormone related? I'm pretty sure the the latter question is a yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. And this is where natural ain't natural. It does use the, 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 the slang word. Natural ain't natural. The problem is this. There are two s- s- hormones that she's using uh, um, for whatever reason. I have no idea. Okay. She's only 30, 32. And, and I'm assuming has normal cycles, but someone's told her that she has adrenal fatigue or something. So she's using uh, androtinone, however they pronounce that over there in, in Australia. I'm not quite sure. Uh, that's a, that's a, a testosterone. Adrenotone maybe? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's a derivative of the, the – um, the uh, adrenaline gland and then she's also using uh, it appears uh, progesterone now why that's being used I have no idea both of those drive hunger and both of those are going to make you gain weight. So mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the reasoning for that. Um, and because just because people say it's natural, you can see that these natural products actually cause significant symptoms, halt weight loss and some things like that. So you really have to understand why you're using various products when you're attempting to be in ketosis. The uh, If you're stimulating the adrenal gland all the time, you, it's going to kick you out of ketosis. If you're stimulating um, progesterone, it's going to kick you out of ketosis. Remember, progesterone is present when you're pregnant and you become because it's it's driving your body to retain weight so you can carry a child and and that's the big challenge that I see with this um, those would be the first two things I would I would want to know why in the world are you taking them number one and th- let's try eliminating them number two to see if if um, you know there's some something there so I'm assuming she's spoken with her doctor or naturopath or someone then they've given them those but but her symptoms state that you she really needs to reassess that and, and talk with her doc about what's going on there and and something that seemingly in the eyes of someone like Haley so innocuous can play such a huge role. And so I wonder if she just cut out those two things, kept doing everything else she was doing, but just cut out those two things and observed what happened. Uh, I guess she would find her answer if those are the culprits or not. Yeah. And and there may be legitimate reasons she's taking them. Yeah. Um, And I'm I'm assuming there is. And so for whatever reason, Haley, you want to you want to check with your doc on those. But both of those are giant red flags in regards to um, putting you out of pushing you out of ketosis and, and causing weight gain. Would there be any kind of alternative to those kinds of things that if people are told, well, you have to take this, is there is there something else that wouldn't give the, I guess, the hunger inducing effects that she's getting from these apparently? Would there be something else she could do so that she gets the benefits that they give her yet without the hunger? Well, I don't understand why you would give unopposed progesterone um, unless you're trying to change mood or skin tone or something like that. But but and then but if you're giving unopposed progesterone, even if it's in a natural form, it's going to offset the estrogen balance yeah. um, and cause hunger and weight gain. And then I understand you know treatment of of 
what's called adrenal fatigue out there is approached with a number of uh, adrenal herbal supplements, but these will stimulate various components of the adrenaline drive and that uh, thyroid adrenal axis. And that itself, when it's not balanced correctly, will cause weight gain and weight um, difficulty with weight loss as well. So the real underlying question is, you know, what, what's the under, what, what are you treating with those me- those herbal products versus um, is there something you can use differently? You know, if, if there's something specific you're attempting to treat, then you, you can try to tr- approach it from a do- another angle with a different medication or a different herbal product. Yeah. But the, really the underlying question is what are those two um, herbal supplements being used specifically for and why? And that that's uh, – you know, that, that, that's where I would, I commonly see this. People come in with a box of herbal products going, doc, this is all natural. I don't it's understand natural. why I can't lose weight. I was like, natural, you know, natural ain't natural. You're, you're any, anything you put in your mouth, just like you put a, you know, carbohydrate, you put a piece of bread in your mouth that causes weight gain. Yeah, but it's natural. It's like, well, it's bread. And you know, so is, so be, be, be very wary of, of, you know, what, what's called natural that you can buy at the health food store. Cause it still has a stimulus on, on hormones. Pretty profound. A cow patty is natural too, but it ain't coming inside this mouth. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I have, a, I, know, I, have, right? I have a collection of them. I was saving them up for you, Jimmy. I was going to say, <laughs> it could help with the good health. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, Haley. We can th- play 40 acre frisbee. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, that sounds like fun, man. There you go. Thank you, Haley, all the way from Australia. And definitely uh, let us know how it goes if you do decide to, uh, you know, talk to your doctor and see if you can come off of these things just to see. Uh, and it and it underscores something that I'm so glad that we had this come up, Adam. People a lot of times say, well, that keto diet didn't work because I was always hungry. Well, it's not the keto diet that's doing this. It's these other things that we add to it, thinking we're helping ourselves out when, when we're actually kind of sabotaging ourselves, apparently. So... Uh, Absolutely. A good lesson and a reminder that it's not the diet always uh, that's causing some of these issues. Well, special thank you to Pedro, Elizabeth, Gil, Laura, and Mark. Mark says, hey, Jimmy and Adam, just wanted to say thanks for all that you guys do. I'm not even a ketogenic eater, just a whole foods eater, but I've definitely been focusing on increasing my fats. And I recently came across this podcast about a month ago. The info that you guys are putting out there is just tremendous and very helpful and entertaining and digging deeper into the crazy world of nutrition. I know this is a huge amount, but I hope it goes or helps and keep up the great work. Maybe one day I'll be on that keto side of life with you guys. Come on over to the dark side. (laughs) We have bacon. We have lots of bacon. Although if he's eating clean, you can still have bacon too. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. (laughs) So if you'd like to make a donation like these guys did this past week, go to paypal.me slash keto talk, or you can also go to ketotalk.com and click on the donate button all of it helps keep the lights on any amount. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, I don't have a lot of money. Well, if you don't and you get value out of the show and all you can afford is $5, then we're very grateful. So thank you guys for all of the support you give us here on this show. Yes, thank you very much. Well, let's dive into today's uh, study portion. And I thought this one was a really interesting one. It's not necessarily about low-carb, high-fat diets, but the headline, Diabetes Drug Could Be the First to Reverse the Disease. No insulin injections, no avoiding sugar, a daily drug can reverse diabetes symptoms in mice. Oh, there it is. Opening up the possibility of a much easier way for diabetics to keep their blood sugar level within safe limits. 
so they go and uh, cite statistics uh, from 2016 about diabetes in the UK uh, surpassing 4 million. I think we talked about that last week with uh, uh, the statistics on, on America being around 30 million uh, type 2 diabetics. Many people develop type 2 diabetes as they age, yada, 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 goes on. So they're looking at drugs that can help uh, manage the disease and try to reverse it. And so they think they've come up with this magic pill, Adam, that lets you just suddenly take anything you want inside of your mouth and eat it and just take this pill and all of your sins go away. Well, is it, is it true? Is this really happening? <laughs> you know, it's interesting that they make this jump from a mouse study and yes. a, an inject an injector. And if you actually look at their study, it's an injectable form they use. They claim that it, it can be done in a pill form too, yeah. but it's injectable. And apparently what it's doing is it's shutting down the uh, DNA um, re- replication of the, of the, the insulin receptor at the cellular level. And so there's this, so what's happening is it, it ramps up the ability for the cell to sense that insulin and sugar are present more effectively. Um, and they claim that that's where there's a broken piece. Now, I don't know a great deal about low molecular weight um, tyrosine phosphatase as the enzyme. That's a, a newer enzyme that's been recently discovered. And so the, the ins and outs of this is, is really cutting edge. And it's fascinating to see that they've actually been able to stop the weight gain associated with insulin resistant mice by the use of this particular um, in the inhibition of this uh, tyrosine phosphate. What's your theory um, as to why that's happening? Well, it, it, it's, it comes down to epigenetics. You're, you're, you're changing the ability of the body to either replicate or not replicate um, enzymes at a, at, a, at a more effective rate or a less effective rate that allows the body to, you know, basically to get sugar to pass through the cell wall, you have to open a door. This is basically the builder that builds the doorway. And, if, and what they're saying is that with insulin resistance, when this enzyme is not working effectively, you, you get you know, lazy construction crews that don't build the doors very well. Mm. And so the sugar can't get in. And what they're saying is that when we give this medicine, it actually enhances um, the way the doors are made so that you can actually have a better sensing uh, glucose molecule passing through to make it simplistic. And that's, but again, there's, there's a lot of information about tyrosine phosphates that we still don't know. Um, Phosphatase, pardon me, as I'm slurring my words. And uh, <laughs> they can read the article. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's it's very interesting. Um, it's literally the cutting edge information we're learning, and we know that that type two diabetes and insulin resistance are really at least two, and maybe three, and maybe even six different signaling mechanisms that are that have a, have a broken component to them in some degree. This is affecting. Um, the cell on the RNA and DNA level, which is kind of amazing. Um, but to say that you're going to have a pill that's going to, you know, solve your problem, let you eat donuts and apple fritters the rest of your life. I have a sneaking suspicion that, that that's not going to be real. Yeah, I would hope that most people's BS meter goes up at that point if they, if they see claims like that. Uh, what was interesting in, in the article, it said the animals developed this condition, uh, the, the diabetes, after being fed a high fat diet that had to make them obese. And I'm thinking, all right, what else went with that high fat diet <laughs> unless they just overfed them just a bunch of fat? Well, remember, a, a mouse a mouse is a vegetarian. They're not necessarily, they're not meat eaters. And right. so when you start giving them high levels of fat, they don't have the ability to process that fat. And it actually induces um, diabetes really rapidly in mice. And yeah. so they use these models because they have similar cells to, that we do, but their, their ratios of carbohydrate to fat to protein are dramatically different than the human is. So um, 
you know, they, they induce, they, they give them their normal rat chow, plus they add fat to it. And you, you basically have given them apple fritters for, you know, for every meal. And then you induce diabetes because they're genetically susceptible to it. And then they're giving a medicine to see if they can reverse that. And that's essentially what this article is talking about. And the researcher in there said, finding a way to make cells respond to insulin again is an important and exciting strategy. So far, the drug has only been tested in mice. And while some research in human genetics suggests that this approach would work in people too, we need more research before we know how relevant this could be for people with type 2 diabetes. So what I hear uh, there is uh, stay tuned, guys. This isn't the end of the story. And, and the headline may suggests that it is the end of the story. But a whole lot more work out of this team out of Stanford uh, needs to be done for anything to be said regarding humans. Yeah, you're seeing the media's uh, shock factor to, to draw you into the, to the article, but then it's misleading because that's not really what the article is about. What's that old adage of if you cry wolf often enough, people stop believing it after a while? So that that's my concern when you have headlines like that. Oh, this new wonder drug will reverse type, type 2 diabetes. And people after a while, if it ever does happen someday, people after a while will be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we've heard this before. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the challenge with, with media these days. And by extension, even the ketogenic diet, when we make claims that, oh, look, like we did last week with Sarah Hallberg's study, you know, we've seen a reversal in the symptoms of type 2 diabetes or a great uh, diminishing of those symptoms. And yet maybe maybe people are skeptical because they've been burned so much by these kind of headlines. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, let's pause here for a quick sponsor. We'll be right back. Want to enjoy a sweet cookie and still stay in ketosis? Two friends did just that with Keto Cookie. Christopher and Victor went on the ketogenic diet, lost fat, and felt amazing. But they wanted something sweet and convenient for their busy lifestyle. So they created Keto Cookie and now want to share this sweet satisfaction with you. Is this really keto? Low Carbers tested Keto Cookie with their glucose monitors and were amazed by the results. How is this possible? Keto Cookie is made with non-GMO almond flour, is naturally sweetened with erythritol and monk fruit extract, and has a healthy amount of grass-fed butter, coconut oil, and MCT oil to fuel your day. With less than 2 grams of net carbs, it's the perfect on-the-go snack to keep you energized and ready to inspire the world. Enjoy your chewy childhood favorites like chocolate chip and the cinnamony snickerdoodle, gluten-free, guilt-free, and bake-free. To discover more about Keto Cookie and how two friends are inspiring people to eat smarter but sweeter, visit KetoCookie.com and be sure to use the promo code LLVLC to receive 15% off your order. And follow them on Instagram for exclusive giveaways and specials at Keto cookie if you love great olive oil do i have a deal for you as one of my listeners you're entitled to receive for one dollar listen to this for just one dollar a 39 dollar bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils and what makes this oil really special it was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. 
and there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil and why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit and olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oil direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest-fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure, fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time, jimmyoliveoil.com. Are you looking for an online store that would have all your ketogenic products in one place? Then let me introduce you to OneStopKeto.com. Once you get there, you'll see personally selected products by me, and they do have the largest selection of keto-friendly products. There are no membership fees, and you'll get free shipping on all orders over $99. Use the coupon code KETOTALK for an additional special discount for listeners of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. They ship to the U.S. and Canada, and they have five-star amazing customer service. If you have any questions and looking for specific products, they are there for you. So head on over to OneStopKeto.com. We're back here with Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. My name is Jimmy Moore, the international best-selling author of the Ketogenic Cookbook and Keto Clarity, and the soon-to-be-released September 26, 2017, The Keto Cure with my good buddy, my pal, Dr. Adam Nally, who is here with us here today to answer your questions. You ready, Adam? I think so. I think so. Here we go. The first featured question is from David. Hi, Jimmy and Doc Nally. You guys are transforming lives with your podcast. You've made me feel like a keto evangelist when the topic comes up in my circles. You are to carboholics what AA is to alcoholics. I like that. Yeah, that's nice. I have fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome and using the ketogenic diet over the past four months has enabled me to improve these conditions greatly. I got fibromyalgia chronic fatigue while doing daily cycling training rides for up to three hours after work while being deficient in testosterone growth hormone and thyroid issues as a result of uh, having empty cella syndrome. I'll have you explain what that here uh, is here in a second. Uh, the stress of that combination has set me up for this illness. Sadly, my diet was loaded with garbage for decades, and thankfully, I'm now 100% ketogenic for life at the age of 49. My hope is keto will help me recover along with uh, appropriate hormone replacement. Is this possible? Thanks, guys, David. So David wants to know, can a ketogenic diet help uh, heal the fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome brought on by uh, deficient hormone levels. So before you answer, what is this empty cella syndrome? 
Well, there's empty cella syndrome. Is the the cella turcica is the um, bony house essentially that holds the pituitary gland. So there's this the base of the skull in, on the inside, right between your eyes. If you were to you know draw a line between your eyes and, and just behind, just in front of your ears, you'll hit hit a, a little a little uh, cup like shaped bony area called the cella turcica. And that's where the pituitary gland sits. Now, mm-hmm. the pituitary gland should normally fill that whole space. But if there's been injury, dr- dr- trauma, damage, uh, tumor, um, blood flow change, something like that, that caused damage to the pituitary, pituitary gland, it'll shrivel up and, and part of it will, will disappear. What ends up happening is that the front and back side of the pituitary gland each make different forms of hormones and depending on what what has occurred you can have a a loss of uh, growth hormone luteinizing hormone which is your lh follicle stimulating hormone which is your fsh thyroid which is your tsh hormone comes from that as well Uh, and acth which is a corticotropin effect can occur with that as well corticotropin effect that one is called (laughs) acth um those are all that all relates to your ability to balance your adrenal glands and your thyroid so your thyroid is communicating um um, your, I should say your pituitary communicates with the thyroid and the adrenal glands, and this, there's this happy balance. If that cella, if that pituitary is damaged, and you have what we see on an MRI called an empty cella syndrome, meaning part of the part of the pituitary gland is missing in that spot, that can imply that you're not producing the hormones correctly. And in David's case, he, he says this is what's happened. Um, and so the challenge is that is that. Because he's not producing hormones correctly, those hormones need to be replaced. And and so the pituitary gland has to be um, uh, helped out, I guess I would you'd say, by, by giving the adequate hormone to balance that all out. Now, the, the challenge is that because these hormones also play a role with your ability to fight off infection and disease and things of that nature, uh, it looks like David's also come up with uh, chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. Now, mm-hmm. chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia are two different entities altogether. Um, the, the, although a lot of people cross them over, um, there, there's fibromyalgia is a series of symptoms that that's associated with, um, tender points and a pattern of pain and chronic fatigue is, is a, a pattern of fatigue that can be caused by a number of different viruses, uh, that, that can linger chronically Epstein-Barr and, um, uh, CMV and a number of others that can, can be related to that. The challenge is that the empty cell syndrome and his lowered, uh, uh, hormone response may may have made him susce- I'm assuming made him susceptible to um, one or both of these issues. Yeah. The, the the benefit to answer his question is that a ketogenic lifestyle is going to dramatically decrease inflammation and improve his ability to handle the infectious attacks and those kind of things. Now he's still going to probably need to take hormones as he implied, but. He, he's going to get tremendous benefit in regards to the uh, aches and the pains. And what I see clinically is at least a, f- a 50% improvement in overall general pain in fibromyalgia when a person is using a ketogenic lifestyle because of the inflammatory improvement that occurs. Right. And then from the perspective of chronic f- fatigue, whatever is affecting that, ca- whatever the underlying cause is, the hope is that the body's immune system uh, with a good ketogenic diet will be ramped up a little bit to help that. And because all of the hormones are so interrelated to each other, I would think anything that would help normalize insulin levels uh, vis-a-vis a ketogenic diet would help to make sure that all of those levels of the other hormones that he's deficient in uh, stay normalized. 
The hope is yes, but if, but if you've you know, if you've damaged or traumatized half your kidney, that half the kidney just doesn't work. So right. so the hope is that the other component of the kidney or the pituitary gland or whichever gland you're talking about there is going to be able to step up and take the load. Um, in, in some cases it does, in other cases it does not. That's where you have to you do have to supplement in some in some cases. And so it looks like Dave is working with his doctor closely. But um, in general, I I I would I would wager to say that a ketogenic diet is going to be the best dietary approach he can make in helping his overall um, metabolic health and improving the uh, healing ability of his body with these other diseases he's struggling with. Yeah. Well, David, let us know how it goes. And uh, thank you for your question. Let's move on to the second featured question of the day. This one's from Lauren. Hey, Jimmy and Adam, I'm a 30, a healthy 34 year old ketonian. I need your help to clear up some confusion. I've been hearing about keto and intermittent fasting. A nurse practitioner at a low carb clinic told me that doing IF and going below 30 grams of carbs daily will halt your weight loss. Another ketonian uh, that I spoke with says daily IF with 20 grams of carbs daily for at least 30 days will help jumpstart my weight loss again. I'm currently keto adapted. I've been, I have been for quite a long time. Thanks so much for your help, Lauren. So lots of confusion out there, Adam, but Lauren's question, will consuming 30 grams of carbs or less with intermittent fasting cause me to halt or to rev up my weight loss efforts? Now, I don't know how intermittent fasting and 30 grams of carbs or less would halt your weight loss unless you eat too much protein, which she said nothing about. But let's assume, you know, that they even assumed a moderate protein diet. How would it halt your weight loss? I have no idea. Um, I, I really don't. Um, I, I guess. I guess what's important is we want to explain some basic principles, and okay. hopefully, those that have been listening to our podcast have heard these principles over the sixty-one podcasts we've right. done. You know, number one, weight, the the underlying hormone that drives weight loss or weight gain is insulin. And so any, any, any strategy that we can use to effectively lower insulin without dampering the other 29 hormones that, that affect the body, uh, in regards to weight monitoring is going to be helpful. Um, intermittent fasting is another way to do this. And so, uh, as you know, Jimmy, and as Jason Fung is very clearly in, in his books delineated, you know, for those that, that don't want to do low carb, they can add a, a component of intermittent fasting, which actually is effectively as a way to lower insulin. Now, what I find that those that, that do low carb or ketogenic diets have a natural period of fasting where they just aren't hungry and they'll go for 12 to sometimes 18 hours and just go, I, I really wasn't that hungry. You'll yeah. eat once or twice a day. And, and so this intermittent fast is as a natural process that I see with many people who do a ketogenic diet. Now, if, if you don't have to have any carbohydrate um, and your body will 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 lower the insulin level appropriately, and you'll see the first step in reducing fat is is lowering insulin. Now, what I'm assuming this nurse practitioner was implying, and I and I do see this with some people, is that I get a lot of patients that that read about ketosis, but and they read about intermittent fasting, and they think they have to merge the two to be the most effective, and so they intentionally fast. Um, and don't give themselves enough fuel in, yeah. in a number of different ways. Uh, they don't give themselves enough water, electrolytes. They don't provide enough fat to, to, to be satiating through that period of fasting. Um, and so what ends up happening is three or four other gut hormones turn on saying, hey, I'm actually hungry. You need to feed me. And those those gut hormones. Is that hormones, what the gut hormone sounds like? They, I've heard them say that at times, yes. At least that's what mine sounds like. I don't know if it sound like, sounds like this or not. <laughs> Hey, hey, At like least it doesn't go wah, 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 wah. Exactly. 
So what happens is if the fast is done incorrectly or the fast is prolonged to where you're now starving, then your body says, wait a minute, I'm actually hungry, so I'm going to conserve everything until you feed me again. And and so the, the, it's, a, it's a really happy balance between lowering insulin, but yet letting the gut hormones and the other hormones of the body still say, hey, he's, 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 fed, he's fed himself enough electrolytes and water and fat, and he's got enough protein that he's not you know, protein malnourished, so we're happy. And, and the body will then naturally go, I'm just not hungry. And, and you'll feel that that way for, for quite a while. So I, I think that's where a lot of confusion is arising with a lot of people um, because they, they, they misunderstand the, the concepts that are being taught there and that it's not just cutting out calories or hitting a certain level of carbs. It's actually our goal is, is to lower insulin, number one, and then balance the other hormones, number two. Whatever it takes to get to those things. Exactly. Which yes. will be and, different and so, from person to person. Which will be different. Yeah. So, you know, f- f- now there are people that have, and I have a lot of people say, well, you can't just say that, Dr. Nelly, because people, people have horrible food cravings and they, you know, they're, they, they can't control themselves. And it's like, you know, if, if you give people the, the skills to do it, they, they're, they're intelligent enough to figure it out. Yeah. If I give you enough fat and lower your carbohydrate, you're going to, over a period of time, feel full. Now, in those first two weeks, you may still have, you know, your your psychological f- f- cravings to, you know, potato chips and, and soda pop. That that's a different story, and we talk about addressing that in a different way. But in general, when you go, when you become keto adapted, you naturally induce periods of, of fasting. Um, it, it, I, I get up in the morning now and I drink my 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 exogenous ketones with with uh, MCT, and I'm full until twelve or noon, and that that's by by Jason's definition, that's and your definition, that's a fast. Um, yeah. And it happens so naturally. I think that's the thing that people that they want to force intermittent fasting. And I'm thinking if you have to force it, you, you're not doing something right in your keto. Get keto down. And that IF just happens naturally. Yeah, it is. And then now there's 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 you know, other ways to approach. You know, if you're not doing keto and you're using intermittent fasting, then by all means, you know, listen to the intermittent fasting talk with the, with and the podcast that Jimmy does with Jason Fung and read his book. And those are you know, some great great approaches. I I, 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 I that's a great tool. Um, but when you're using the two, it's imp- I think it's really important for all of us to understand. Let's understand the basic principles as to why we're using certain food restrictions and what the what the underlying premise is with those. Yeah. Uh, the name of that show is Fasting Talks, just like Keto Talk, and s- similar kind of format that we do here, FastingTalk.com. It airs on Fridays. And one of the things that we say again and again and again on that show is when you fast, fast. When you feast, feast. And I think sometimes people say, well, I don't want to eat too much on the days that I'm eating. And so, no, you, that's the day you're supposed to feast. You're supposed to eat on those days so that when you fast, you don't have this hunger and grumbling and craving that, oh, I got to eat something because you've already feasted on a previous day. So uh, that's kind of how we put it. Did you like that plug for you? I thought, I thought I'd throw you that in there for good. you. did good. I was going to sneak it in, but <laughs> my, my brother, my pal's got my back there. But uh, yeah, we have fun on Fasting Talk, and it's doing well in the rankings, too. Like Keto Talk uh, this week was number 10. Live in La Vida Low Carb Show was number 12, and Fasting Talk was number 14. So it, it was pretty cool to see all three of my babies in the top 15. So <laughs> We surpassed Live in La Vida Low Carb? Seriously? Yeah, That's- oh, dude, Keto Talk is more popular. That's what I'm saying. People want... More than one episode. But if you only knew how hard it was to do one episode a week, guys. 
You should see Jimmy. He's slaving all week with these questions, typing them in and really hammering them out. Up to two hours before we do the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you for your question. And it's up to the third featured question of the day. This one's from Cindy. Hi, Jimmy and the Doc. Loving your podcast and listen on my daily walks. I'm new to keto and learning everything I can about it, uh, soaking in, uh, soaking it all in like a sponge. My question is regarding ketone levels. On day five of starting my ketogenic diet, my ketones were high in the afternoon at around eight using the keto sticks. I made sure I was plenty hydrated. My urine was clear. I tested again a couple of days later in the morning right after waking up. And once again, my ketones were high. I Googled and searched all over to try to find any information about why I'm experiencing experiencing such a high reading like this. Do I need to eat more carbs than the 10 to 12 grams daily I'm currently eating? I feel fantastic, have tons of energy after having only a couple of days of the keto flu. I consume around 1,400 calories a day and stick to around 60 grams of protein and 100 grams of fat. I'm loving the food I get to eat now, but these higher ketone levels concern me. Should I be concerned? Cindy. So Cindy has a a great question. Should I be concerned that my ketone levels are so high early on in my ketogenic journey? And and I I will note this, that this is normal, Cindy. Uh, And we've talked about this previously uh, way back, maybe 10, 20 episodes ago, where when you first start on a ketogenic diet, you suddenly get this huge influx uh, after that adaptation period of about two to four weeks where the ketone levels do go very high. Uh, But it's not high in a negative way. It's just your body's getting used to and adjusted to using those ketones for fuel. And here's the good news, Cindy. Over time, that will normalize and you'll be down uh, if you test blood ketones, which I highly recommend, or breath ketones with the ketonics. You'll find that you kind of fall into a range. For the doc, it's about 0.7 to 1.1. For me, I like to try to stay between 1.0 and 2.0. But it's normal. I think that's the thing, Adam. I wanted her to hear loud and clear. It is normal. Oh, it's absolutely normal. And remember, too, that, that when you're using the keto stick, this is a urine test, uh, test strip. Your body is spilling over excess ketone into the urine. It basically says, I don't need this. I'm going to dump it. Yeah. And, and that's what it's doing. So that, that level may flux. So if she's out exercising and she's doing really well and she's got excess ketones that are building up, the body's saying, well, we produced this extra, but the body didn't need to use it. So we're dumping it. Now, after about two months, that number will dissipate off. And most people, those keto sticks will be negative. You, it, it, the numbers can go all the way up to 16 on the keto sticks that's the urine dipstick um and that's me a dipstick what'd you call me yeah (laughs) the urine dipstick you're in a dipstick (laughs) (laughs) if you're in a dipstick you're in deep trouble you Cindy, I hope you can still walk after you're hearing all this. Um, but she don't worry about the, the 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 level of the the ketones in the in the. You should be rejoicing. Actually, you should be dancing on your walk today because you hit a, you hit a level eight uh, in that first she month. She has better uh, endogenous ketones than some people that drink exogenous ketones. <laughs> she does. That means she's 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 a ketone making machine. I think there's people that would love to borrow some of those levels, Cindy. So uh, blood transfusion over to I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Would, would, Would a blood transfusion, would it would it carry the ketones over to the new recipient? 
or would they survive in the blood like that? If yeah, theoretically, wow. theoretically, I've never, never even thought of that, but theoretically, yeah. I'm making it, you think of it now. It just popped in my now. brain. Oh man, you're making my head work. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm assuming they'd have a half life of some sort that you know, that as long as the blood's still viable to put into a human, you would think whatever's in said blood would would go over. It's going to shift over. Yeah, whatever's in the serum is going to move over. So if there's, of course, if there's then it would dilute there. into the new blood. And if it was a, you know, 4.0, maybe it dilutes down to 2.0. Anyway, yeah. Things to yeah. think about here on Keto Talk. <laughs> well, that's how they made estrogen originally. It was that you took it from horse urine. So now we can. Ew, you know, really? <laughs> is yeah. that why? Oh, goodness. It was originally taken from horse urine. Yeah, they, would, they would use a, a horse urine that would have a high level of estrogen. They would extrapolated out of the horse urine. I don't recommend doing that, Cindy. That's not something I recommend you do. Well, and, so. it, and, and how we found out that uh, blood sugar is it existed was they were, they were sipping on the, on the pee of these diabetic oh, patients it. and, and oh, yeah, it's sweet. It. It's the taste test. Yes. Yummy. That's, that's why I am so grateful. I was not in medicine back then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to do a, what? <laughs> we got a new resident student. Let them drink the urine this week. <laughs> that was the job of the medical students. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cindy, thank you for your question. And we're up to the Keto Talk mailbox. And this one was so sweet. I loved it. Friend, uh, Fransca, Francesca, if I can say her name right. Uh, Dear Jimmy and the Doc, I've been enjoying eating keto as a 72-year-old woman. I've been blessed with excellent health and no medications. Despite being overweight, I have perfect health markers. I probably need to lose another 50 pounds and I'm working on finding a local physician to help me guide or uh, help guide me on my ketogenic diet. One of the employees at uh, this one clinic I went to told me a woman of my age should never be in ketosis. Am I too old to be ketogenic? Thank you in advance, Francesca. So this was a I, I didn't like this question because I'm like, how many people are getting discouraged to try ketogenic that it could actually help them? But the question is, is there an age that is too old to be on a ketogenic diet. Now, Adam, I know you have quite the uh, older population of patients in your clinic and in your, uh, you know, your patient population. Uh, what would you say to somebody like Francesca, 72 years old, and she's being discouraged from trying ketosis where it could probably help her now more than ever before? Oh, dramatically. It would help her more, more than ever. Yeah. And, and 72 in my clinic is a spring chicken. So that's, <laughs> hey, that. No, and, Who's your and, oldest and, patient? Oh, I've got a 103-year-old. 103, still, wow. still see. Oh, yeah. I've got, you know, my, I, I'd have to average it out and see, but I see 75-year-olds, 78-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds all day long. There, I mean, 60% of my practice is over the age of 65. Wow. And so, um, and I see, you know, the Sun Cities are out here in, in Arizona, and so it's a great snowboarding area. And and if the, the active 70, 80, 90-year-olds that live out here come and see me, and that's the age group that, that I have on ketogenic diets. And I would all bet not diet. many of them are in perfect health like Francesca. Well, they're they're pretty healthy for the most part. Well, but now all, all of, of them have, <laughs> Yeah, but we put them in ketosis and they're even more healthy and they start, you know, retaining muscle better and they yeah. you know, the, the one thing that with with an older patient is as we age, we lose muscle. And the yeah. benefit of a ketogenic diet is it helps you retain that muscle. So it's one of the best things I can recommend for for, for aging. And and the uh, the aging medicine folks are starting to now look at insulin being the culprit. And they're looking for any and all ways to lower that insulin level. And the ketogenic diet isn't the ideal Gee, approach to aging medicine. That's Yeah, it's fantastic. Unless they've come up with that pill that we talked about earlier. <laughs> They'll start pushing that instead. Ugh. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Francesca, you sound like you're doing an awesome job. And I would think also, uh, as you're getting older, you want to maintain your brain health and a ketogenic diet is about as optimal as you can eat nutritionally to make sure that all of your faculties stay about you as you continue to get older. Yeah, especially with treatment for dementia or prevention of dementia with the use of high levels of MCT and coconut oils. You know, a ketogenic diet is the ideal way to do that. I, I tell my patients, you're never too old to eat bacon and you're never too old to be in ketosis. <laughs> and 72, that's about the age of my parents. So, uh, Francesca, rock on. My mom just started uh, keto in January, still doing very well. Talked to her the other day. And, and yeah, for her, it's been the brain health benefits more than anything. She has myostenia gravis. And so she has uh, times before she started keto that she was forgetting, you know, where she was and what she was talking about. Now she doesn't have any of those episodes. So it's, it's a pretty powerful modality for being non-drug. That's awesome. Well, let's move on to the iTunes review portion of the show. We have three amazing ones here today. Stuck in Y says, thank you, thank you, and thank you again. Love your podcast, Jimmy and Dr. Nally, giving us the true meaning of health. Uh, then Anano Fran says, the source for accurate evidence-based keto information. Jimmy's a true inspiration and a treasure trove of knowledge. Dr. Nally is marvelous with his clinical anecdotes. Thank you both. And then the last one, Real World Redneck, says this podcast has the perfect blend of levity, information, and fun. Your tips have given me more energy, motivation, and results than any other program I listen to. So thank you guys so much for those amazing iTunes reviews. And if you like the show and you want to share your love for it or your hate for it, you can you, you can go to <laughs> iTunes Type in, uh, let's see, hate for it. Who, who can I uh, go to Dr. McDougall's? I'm just kidding. <laughs> go to uh, iTunes and type in Keto Talk as well as Jimmy Moore or Adam Nally. You'll find our podcast and leave us your review. I could send Thank you for the to, reviews. Yes, send them over to the to the vegan. Say, if you hate it, uh, we're the uh, the Doctor McDougal show. On <laughs> just kidding. So that was episode sixty one in the can. And as always, if you uh, like what you hear and you want to help support the show, head on over to paypal.me slash keto talk or ketotalk.com and click on the donate button. Every little bit counts. So we appreciate all of your support. Yes, we, yes, we do. Thank you. Yes, we do. So until next Thursday, Dr. Nally, Adam, Doc Muscles, and a partridge in a pear tree, all the other names that we give for you. What's your other nickname? Hey, you. Hey, you. you. I've I've been (laughs) called worse than hey, you, but we'll we'll leave it at hey, you. So until next Thursday, hey, you. We'll see you then. See you then. You've been listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and the Doc. Visit our website, ketotalk.com, for full show notes for this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Keto Talk. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.